1: Hey, welcome to On the Bench. This is Brendan Sinone. The whole gang is with me today. Josh Newberg, Zach Blostein, and Chris Snee. Fellas, let's uh, let's hit the ground running here because we have a ton of recruiting stuff to get to. I don't want to waste time. It's going to be a busy day. We're expecting commitment later today. Uh, we have the official visit we can to go over. A uh, bunch of other stuff, too. First though, round of applause for Derek Noddy, Cam Irving, Super Bowl champions.
2: Hey, go Knowles.
1: Yep. Yep. Good to see those guys. Both good dudes. Enjoyed covering them during their time at Florida state. They won the super bowl last night. So uh, let's, let's get going on the official visits. I will start off with, well, Josh, I'll ask you for TJ Davis. Uh, he, uh, it sounds like he had a good visit. Uh, what the three-star defensive end from Metter, everything's better in Metter, as Chris Nee said, uh, what, what that uh, visit was like for, for the three-star
2: prospect. Man, TJ Davis. I actually put my crystal ball in for TJ Davis. Where do we stand with crystal balls? Did Chris end up? um...
3: Yeah, I entered one yesterday at the conclusion of the visit. Oh, all of our
1: balls are in his court.
4: Zach. Yeah, I put mine in uh, whenever Chris dropped his visit preview. So that was like Thursday, I think of last week.
2: Okay, so we're all in the six foot three, 250 pound. Outside linebacker, maybe defensive end, but he's going to rush the passer for Florida State. He came in and um, after the visit, he told Chris Knees kind of 50-50 uh, where things stand right now. And he's going um, to make his decision on signing day. So it's either going to come down to Florida State or Georgia Tech. Uh, Tech's got their, got their hands on him on January 17th. He was in on his final official visit there. And then he was at FSU this weekend. Um, No surprise teams coming in right now. The crystal ball sits at 86 percent, Florida State, 14 percent Georgia Tech. Um, Think FSU did everything they can on this visit. Chris, you spoke to him. What was your impressions afterward?
3: I think the biggest thing to him was that they expressed a need and showed him how he would fit into what they need. And I think that sold him. He's a kid that definitely wants to stay closer to home, which is why FSU and Georgia Tech are the main two in this battle at this point. They're also two of his biggest offers. He enjoyed it. He's kind of a low key to guy. I think he liked coach JP a lot, but just, I think they hit it off pretty well. And, you know, he found him to be a comfortable being to be around, to be coached by.
1: Uh, Chris mentions need TJ Davis is a need at this point. They need yes, a pass definitely. rusher. They, they struck out on that. They weren't able to get more Joseph uh Joseph at the end of the early signing period. So yeah, this is, This is one of the biggest needs and a guy that we all uh, I think we've all watched him and and like his like his potential and his upside. What he has to offer. All right. What was that, Chris? He just committed. Look Altmeyer
2: committed. (laughs) All right, let's get to it. We'll be right back. eBay Motors is here for the ride.
1: Remember
5: when you first saw the potential and then through some elbow grease, fresh installs and a whole lot of love, Roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place.
1: All right, we're back after handling a little breaking news. You know, guys, as soon as we started recording the podcast and it hadn't happened yet, the Altmire commitment, I knew uh, I knew it was going to happen during the actual recording of the podcast. So we planned for it, adds a little intrigue. Uh, let's talk about the news that just happened. That's three-star quarterback commitment, Luke Altmaier. Uh he, he picked FSU. We were kind of expecting that today, just not sure exactly when. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then we'll get back to the official visits, but... But Josh, you went ahead, you you had the scoop, you, you had the idea that it was going to be him. Uh, you put in your crystal ball, and then the, the CBs followed with all of us in suit as well. So let's talk about that commitment real quick.
2: Yeah, just over a week after his visit to FSU's junior day, which was last uh, Saturday, January 25th, the six foot two, hundred pounds pro-style quarterback from Starkville, Mississippi, uh, chose Florida State over offers from LSU. Mississippi State, Ole Miss, Louisville, Missouri, NC State, and Oregon, to name a few. Uh, His stock really started to take off this offseason, and I got to credit Mike Norvell and Kenny Dillingham for identifying their guy early on, going all in on him, making him feel like he was a priority. Um, You know, Florida State has offered a handful of quarterbacks, but they haven't gone out and just, you know, peppered the uh, Southeast with offers. So they made Luke understand where he stood on their board when he was on campus, uh, bringing his mom and dad in also had a big hand in landing him. Um, He told us during that junior day visit that he'd been a fan of FSU really since the Jameis Winston days. And I know that's seven years ago, but you got to think back. That's when he was about 10 years old. Um, So, you know, he remembers FSU winning national championships and putting up Heisman stats and uh, he wants to be a seminal. So he's the first quarterback to be committed to Florida State's 2021 class. It's unclear right now if they plan to take another. um, And we expect Altmaier back on campus this spring.
1: Yeah, I, I love Meyer's game. Uh, when when he came on to campus last week, you guys wrote about it. I went and checked out his uh, his huddle, and, and he does so many things so very well. You can check out my scouting report. I'm really high on him. Uh, Josh, we're going to have Charles Power. We're, we're teasing it, but we were expecting to have Charles and do a, a podcast with him later today on Monday
2: as we record this, right? Yeah. So we'll get more into like his ranking and and his, and his potential and all that kind of stuff with Charles. We'll have a whole separate podcast for you guys. Uh, It'll be out Monday afternoon evening.
1: Yeah. And maybe we'll talk about like Chubba Purdy and just the way Charles evaluates and Tate Rodemaker, the FSU quarterbacks and the way Norvell evaluates quarterbacks. I'm interested in Charles thoughts on that. So it's a big commitment. You want to get a quarterback in early. You have that, uh, so that that's big. Now let's go back to the official visits. Or Chris, did you have anything on Altmaier you wanna this is your platforms? So no, I mean yeah. I, I love him. I think he'll be a four star before
3: long and he's a guy that distributes very well. He's extremely accurate and he can make every throw. So I think it's an excellent early get. Also impressed by the fact that FSU, he was one A for them when they offered him last week, even though they offered a guy like Sawyer Robertson this week and uh Carlton uh, uh Zach helped me out what's the kid Georgia kid in Georgia.
4: Uh, Colton Goffier, I think. Yes, that young man.
3: Um, even though they offered us two, it was pr- very clear that Altmire was their guy. Like, he, that was you
1: didn't even wanted. try to say the name
3: again. <laughs> I couldn't remember. I didn't want to butcher it, plus I couldn't remember it.
1: So. Uh, I had said this to Zach yesterday at the Moore Center after Sawyer Robertson had come through, um, and, and you guys were kind of waiting out the 2021-2022 the kids. I don't know if they were intentionally putting pressure on Altmaier, but it was very clear they were going. They liked him; he seemed to be number one at the top of their list. But, but they were going to be aggressive in pursuing other quarterbacks, and I'm sure he knew that as well.
3: Yeah, and at the end of the day, I think they're going to likely take two in most classes. I think that's kind of going to be standard practice for them, unless the depth chart is overwhelmingly good.
1: Feels weird all these quarterback
3: commitments and (laughs) signees. Josh is going to have to shave every bit of hair off his body, (laughs) not just his head.
1: Uh, visual there. All right, let's go back to the official visits. Uh, Zachary, Sidney Williams was kind of a weird deal. It's uh, a guy that you've been in touch with wrote a really good story on last week and, uh, and, and there was a bit of a turn, you know, wouldn't be recruiting without there being a little bit of drama. So, uh, so please fill in the audience on what happened with the three-star athlete from, uh, from Mobile, Alabama.
4: Yep. Yeah, so, so Sydney Williams arrived on campus at Florida state um, kind of midday. I think 11 AM on Friday, um, he stayed overnight and then we saw him and, you know, I think his dad, maybe our coach leave, uh, in one of their cars, maybe, um, presumably to the airport, you know, at the time we didn't think of anything of it. Um, we thought maybe he was going to lunch or something, but, uh, but we find out that he makes the trip to Indiana for the weekend for the rest of the weekend. So, um, Brendan caught up with him, you know, yesterday while we were at the Moore center, you wrote a story and it basically what we got from that was that Florida state did not make a clear um, verbal offer to him, a verbal scholarship uh, during the visit. He did say that he should know whether or not he has the offer um, by today. And I would presume that means that, um, you know, once the staff gets a feeling of where Donovan safety target, Donovan coffin is going to go, they'll make a decision on Sidney Williams. But as of right now, you know, I wouldn't peg him into this class. I think Indiana is a much more realistic option for him. He took the visit knowing that he has um, a spot there. And I think, uh, you know, if FSU offers, it could could get interesting. I think he did like the visit, but um, you know, right now, it's just wait and see. I'll just add, I did a little
3: digging last night after things calmed down. And I mainly wanted to find out was like, was this planned? And the answer is yes. Um, from what I understand, all parties involved had knowledge of it happening.
5: Going so in, it wasn't going one into of these things the where he,
3: he didn't ambush FSU. He mm-hmm. didn't walk out on a visit. He didn't Indiana leave it in an Uber. Him, which yeah. the Indiana part, I fully expected to be that because it's so tough to get travel done like that very quickly when a kid's pulling off a two-for-one weekend. Mm-hmm. But uh, I just want to make sure that he kind of didn't, you know— pulled the rug out from underneath fsu's feet for lack of a better term and that didn't happen so he was also with his coach at fsu from what i understand the fsu visit was actually very worthwhile for him very informative but zach's right this comes down to a numbers thing and a kaufman thing more than anything
1: yeah he has to be offered i felt shock i asked a stupid question we were talking to him i'm like so for florida state to be in consideration for you at the end here when you decide that they have to offer right and he was like yes yes they do it's all but that's they, how this works Brendan <laughs> this is how this works I have kids tell me they have FSU offers when they don't have any offers from anyone so it, it, you know recruiting <laughs> recruiting uh is this contingent on FSU offering it does seem to be linked to Donovan Kaufman who will do a quick update on in a little bit the other guy we want to talk about Chris I'll throw this to you is DJ Lundy the three-star linebacker he's an athlete too but he's looked at as a linebacker for Florida State uh DJ Lundy we like his game a lot from South Georgia uh we're still kind of trying to catch up with him. You've got a few comments, though, on his official. Yeah, he came with a couple
3: adults, I believe parents. I'm not 100% sure on that. And then a couple siblings, I believe, or at least people that are tied to the family one way or another. So there was about a group of five. Chris Marv greeted him. He got there a little late on Saturday because he had a wrestling meet. But they dived right into the visit. They went and did the photo shoot in the locker room, got him on the field, did dinner with him, spent a ton of Sunday with him. Chris Merv, Joe Bowen were connected at the hip with him throughout the whole visit. Every time we saw him, they were definitely enjoying themselves. It felt like the family, it was flowing as they hoped. Last evening, he got to watch the Super Bowl with some staff and team. Uh, You know, that was an opportunity that not many kids get an opportunity to do. Obviously, the other official visitors had left town before that. Uh, I spoke to him this morning. He was fairly brief. DJ usually is. Um, FSU, Virginia Tech, Georgia wednesday decision wednesday morning said for him it's really about family feeling a fit i asked him if he got that at fsu he said he did that's not to say he hasn't gotten at the other places too vt was in home on friday i believe fuente was part of that in home and then early in the week glenn schumann went in for georgia i think kirby had already gone in with dj people keep it asking does georgia have room for him at last check the answer is yes now we haven't checked since the weekend. Settled for Georgia.
2: You Justin, did. what do you got yeah, there, buddy? I checked with Rusty this morning. Rusty said he hadn't heard anything over the last 48 hours on Lundy specifically, and he said he questions whether or not they are running out of room and they're trying. He thinks that the staff is at Georgia is trying to figure out how they can fit him in, but he's not sure right now if they'll have room. So, so, so he's skeptical about about the he's number. He's skeptical of about UGA signing him yes
1: okay that would obviously be good news for for florida state
2: yeah it it sounds like this is a game of musical chairs all the way up until wednesday it's just going to be you know whether or not georgia has room if fsu has a spot i i think it's gonna i don't know if he's come to a decision yet
1: who's gonna throw in the first crystal ball to where no we don't have to answer that right now
3: 20 i'm not succumbing to your peer pressure anyways (laughs) it's
1: josh's peer pressure and you did succumb to it Josh is like, yeah, I make my own decisions. Yes. Yes. Okay. uh, The other 2020, let's go back, Chris, real quick. Donovan Kaufman. I know you've been checking in on him as much as possible. It's a three-star safety from Louisiana. We all like his game a lot. Florida state really likes him. He was the first guy Mike Norvell offered. And and like we said, they seem to be keeping a spot for him right now. Today though is when we're kind of expecting to, a decision for him? He was or, going or to make clarity. his decision yeah.
3: yesterday. He was supposed to inform the staffs today. I hit him up yesterday midday, asked him if he made a decision.
1: It, You'd buy staffs Ole Miss in Florida State in Vanderbilt. in Vanderbilt. Yeah, he's
3: actually technically still committed to Vanderbilt. Yeah. Uh, I don't think any of us think that's a likely destination. This seems to be an Ole Miss FSU battle. Ole Miss has had a lot of confidence for going on almost two weeks now. I don't know if it's founded on really good footing, though, to be perfectly honest. I think he likes Ole Miss a lot, but I also know he likes FSU a lot. And I think it's going to be an interesting one. I don't think FSU believes they're not getting him at this point. I would put it that way. Not that they know they're getting him, but they don't believe
1: they are not getting him. It's interesting. Because, correct me if I'm wrong, Chris, he had Ole Miss got the last official visit for him and the last in-home for him. Yeah,
3: Ole Miss was in-home on Saturday. I believe Kiffin was part of that. Ole Miss also got the last official, also got him to push Baylor out of the party. Baylor had kind of come in, tried to get an official. Ole Miss trumped him for that official and then pushed him out.
1: All right, it'll be interesting. I like I like a little bit of intrigue going yeah, he, to uh, to he, national signing day to put his
3: recruitment a little bit more of a synopsis of how he ended up at Vanderbilt. He chose Vanderbilt basically over Memphis, and that's because Vanderbilt was a larger platform being in the SEC.
5: Mm-hmm.
3: So there's definitely an appeal of the SEC to the young man, but he straight up said that now that Mike Norvell and staff have a bigger platform at Florida State, it's far more appealing to him. So. I think it's a balancing act, and I think for him it's gonna come down to which one he believes one he probably has the best opportunity at and two has the best opportunity of being good again quickly.
1: Okay, Joshua, everyone wants to know. Malachi Weidman, what's the latest? I know I know it's tough to get stuff confirmed right now. Yeah. Now you've that, been doing it as better than anyone else to this point.
2: Yeah, I did touch Base with his people this morning. They were leaving Oxford. Um, I believe they're at the airport, so I didn't really get to dig into you know how everything went. But uh, that just kind of sets the timetable. So I assume they'll be back some point midday today, um sit down, talk about some things. I plan to touch base with them tonight. I want to see you know where things stand as the dust settles from this Ole Miss visit, number one, does Ole Miss become a factor? Because heading into this trip, they were not, uh, not only um, in our opinion, I, we all stated that on on the pod, but also those that I spoke to, you know, this was just something that he was going to go do. He had some interest in Ole Miss and, and Lane Kiffin, but it wasn't much more than that. It was really a, a Tennessee, Oregon FSU battle. So Will, will Ole Miss be in the picture? Um, will my sources still tell me to stick to my FSU crystal ball? Those are all things that we will hopefully find out later on today.
1: Oh, you tease you. Uh, <laughs> I
2: just don't know yet. <laughs> <That's
1: bad>. <laughs> <laughs> uh, recruiting. Uh, guys, it's fun. There's like drama and stuff going on. This is, this is good. I like it. I like it. Uh, yeah, Christopher, I don't even want to. Do the math. well. There's one
2: other thing I want to oh. throw this out there on Malachi Weidman before you pass it to Chris because this could be a good good transition to Chris. Um, looking at the basketball recruiting calendar, it's a contact period. Uh, it's it's contact on campus or off campus. Florida State plays UNC tonight. I'm not saying this is going to happen. It's but it's going to be something I'm going to ask about. Is Leonard Hamilton going in home with Malachi Weidman tomorrow night? It's possible. It's not anything that I've heard, but based on the rules and and the legal aspect of it, it's possible.
1: So you want Chris to comment on that? Well, the one wrinkle on that is that FSU is expected to have
3: Kennedy Chandler, who's a stud in the 2021 class for hoops and starting some point today for the game tonight and into tomorrow. So they're going to be focused on that. Now, can Ham sneak away for two and a half, three hours, quick flight down, quick flight back, visit in between? I think it could happen, but I don't know of anything being said. Right.
1: Just be more intrigue more intrigue. OK, let's see, Christopher. Oh, yeah. So what I, what I want to ask you was you your ass was on the bench for God knows how long. She so was like too long. 84 years. Too long. 84 years. Uh, and well, I want to ask this question to Zach, too, but I'll start off with Chris. This is, is what you observed. Uh, From an official visit standpoint, now that the official visits are wrapped up, you got to see three weekends in a row of how this staff operates. Uh, What would be your takeaway uh, from the last few weeks? Well, they
3: hosted nine official visits over the three weekends. They've already gotten commitments from five of those. Nine, they're in the game for the other four, for sure. I think there's a fair chance they get at least two, if not three, of the other four. So I would say efficiency. They're very focused on what they were bringing in. They didn't waste a lot of time. The visits were organized. They ran the trains ran very much on time, from when a kid got there to what they were doing to like people being prepared for the next step, like having a car ready for them to depart before they came downstairs. All that stuff went very well. Outside of a couple flat tires on golf carts last weekend, when things were real busy, there wasn't a single blemish I could. Dude, they were so meticulous
1: weeks. with the uh, with the the golf carts this week. At one point, I was sitting over there, and they had someone coming out wiping down, making yeah. sure there was no condensation on it. Like like <laughs> you, they saw something wrong and they fixed it. Yeah, I mean,
3: not. like you know, a good example this weekend is when Lundy's arriving. Obviously, things are wrapped up with Sydney Williams being at Indiana, and TJ Davis is very much on the back end. He's also rolling back into the more the entire damn staff's out there greeting them. And I'm not just talking support. I'm talking to everybody. I think Norvell was even out there at that point. Uh, you know, it's just a matter of they have things together and they know what they're doing. And they're very direct with messaging and it's not a lot of fluff and it's not pomp and circumstance. It's very direct. And, you know, we're going to go take photos at this time. We're going to have dinner. We're going to talk in the film room about how you fit into this team, why we need you, why we want you and what we plan to do here. And when Coach Norvell sits down with you, he's very direct about his expectations for the program, his expectations for himself, and for you as a student-athlete. I just I, everything's concise. Everything it makes sense. Mm-hmm. It, it's it's relaxing. I think it's efficient too. I think they've done a very good job, dating back to that December last weekend, of kind of knowing exactly what they were doing with a purpose for every single kid they brought in, mm-hmm. and putting enough personal touch on it too mm-hmm. to make it appealing to the kid. It's not it's not not a cookie cutter where Mm -hmm. any Joe Schmo can come in. It's the same exact visit. Now, a lot of it's similar, but there's a personal touch that makes it stand out to the individual and the people
1: that are with him. Zachary, same question. You you were out there almost as much, maybe even more. I don't know. I don't want to I want to compare here. You were out a a lot with Chris.
4: Yeah, I mean, I think he touched it. I think he touched it very well with the official visits. You know, they're really well run. Uh, there's really no waiting around for these kids. They went from one thing to another. But if I had to note one thing for the weekend, i I kind of touch on the unofficial visits. I mean, um, there's a huge group of Deerfield Beach, Florida, um, kids that came on campus on Sunday morning. The entire staff uh, was out there once again, like they were for Lundy. And they were, you know, they kind of, Norvell was kind of greeting them out in the parking lot. And as they came in towards the moor, there's a huge assembly line of just, Every single coach and assistant coach, um, and even recruiting staffers, just shaking their hands, getting to know each one of them as they made their way into the facility. So, and then, and then, right from there, they went and watched film, presumably. So it was just like everything was well run, well organized. They had everything scheduled, um, and it seemed like everything was on time. So I just think the organization just stands out as something that the staff um, really focuses on and does a good job of, um, you know, executing.
1: And, and to Zach's point with the Deerfield Beach kids, uh, that was within, what, 24 hours or so after they lost a teammate who was, I believe, shot at a funeral. I'm yeah. sure I have those, that. I believe his
3: grandfather's two, funeral. Uh, yeah.
1: But obviously, so, so tragedy, and, and that's a, a football program that's had a couple losses now in a pretty short period of time. So for those, yeah, you know, for the coaches to show that kind of love to them, uh, I think. Again you talk about attention to detail and just showing capacity compassion and Chris mentioned earlier not cookie cutter like it's you're doing things with other people in mind like it, it was it was good to see uh, that aspect of it as well. Uh, we'll use that to transition to 2021 and 2022 recruiting even 2023 kids were on campus too uh, the last few weekends they had the junior day last weekend we've recapped that in multiple forms. let's talk a little bit though about some of the developments with with the future as well for this class. We were going to talk about Luke Altmaier at this point in the show, but we've already discussed that. Brandon Jennings is the other one I wanted to talk about because uh, he set a commitment date and Chris, I'll throw this to you that the crystal balls are flowing though.
3: Yep. Friday expected to be Florida state. And that is a badass ass That is a simple as I'm going to put it. That dude can play football. I, I think I gushed on him after the junior day one or during the junior day recap. He's an awesome linebacker. He's physical. He's mean. He's fast. He can play the sidelines. He can cover the pass. He's excellent downhill. He's very good off the edge. He does a little bit of everything you want at that position, and he's violent doing it. It's a blast to watch him play football. Seen him play several times in person. He's the best player on the field usually when I watch him. Also, FSU Legacy, Papa's monster Bradley Jennings, who played here back in the day, late 90s, I believe early 2000s he seeped into. And he's just an excellent, excellent player. He's a kid that gets it. He has an older brother who's in the college game at Miami. Like I said, dad played ball. He he brings it. Getting a kid like him early on the defensive side of ball, I think, is a huge get. I'm not gonna call him a bell cow because he's a bit of a kid that keeps to himself to some degree. He's not you know, he's not an Amari gainer outwardly. Um But he can help you recruit. Pussies and Jackson can come over. It's not going to be a bad thing to do. It's probably the best linebacker get they've had in, hell, pre Bill Miller days. I mean, they (laughs) haven't had a guy of this level since Bill Miller walked through the door.
1: Uh, Good times. Uh, Josh, what do you have on on Jennings? I
2: disagree a little bit with Chris Uh on the bell cow factor. I think just the fact, like, OK, look at his ranking. He's number four outside linebacker in the country and 39th overall, according to the composite. And um, there'll be 32 five stars. So right now he's just outside of a five star ranking for And this is the reason I think he's going to be a bell cow, because Florida State hasn't really had a player this caliber committed early. That's able. Now, we'll see if Jennings does it. But if he's he's able to, he'll be at every event around the country if he wants to be, he's that good. Like, so just having an FSU presence at these events, even if he's not as outgoing as Amari Gaynor, which he's not, but I have spoken to Brandon Jennings and did after the junior day. And, you know, he's got some energy to him. He, he brings it. And I think that he could be a bell cow. If he gets out on these, um, Nike camp circuits in the opening and shows up at some of these things, I think it will bring an FSU presence.
1: Uh- Josh is gearing up for his bell cow story after the, after the commitment. I could feel it. I can Ding feel dong. It. <laughs> I, I will say this, but to, I think you both are saying the same thing just in different ways. Like Jennings isn't the gregarious, super vocal guy that maybe Jeff Sibs was in last year's class. Presence, so. While he was in the class, that's what Josh is saying. I think is that he's going to announce himself yeah. with just being there, and that's going to carry weight for FSU. I, I was thinking about it this morning uh, when I was making my coffee at six thirty. Each time, for the coaches we've covered here at Florida State, when they arrive, there seems to be this this moment on the recruiting trail where they announce themselves. Obviously, it has to be taken care of on the field with wins and losses to to keep it going. But you know, Jimbo Fisher was with Jeff Luck and and Lamarcus Joiner, getting those guys on board was his quintessential moment of saying like we're going to do some work here. Willie Taggart, I thought that first weekend he had when he was able to get Jaden Lars, Would be and in some of the bigger names. Uh, uh, was Dalvin Cook's brothers. Uh, Bookie was here Bookie was here. I thought that was a significant moment to show what he could do on the recruiting trail. we saw glimpses of it. It just didn't materialize in wins on the field. Uh, this week to me seems to have all that potential for, for Mike Norvell. You know, they've wrapped up 2021. I think it's best. They probably realistically could is what it looks like with a few you know, loose ends right now for 2021 to get Luke Altmaier, And then if you go ahead and, and get Brandon Jennings, as we expect right now, uh, you get your quarterback, and you get a badass linebacker and someone with FSU ties, a regional guy. That's going to be a, a kind of a you know smoke signal for for the rest of college football to say let's see what Mike Norvell can do here. Yeah, um, it
3: helps you in a recruitment, like Xavier Ansari's, for example.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's gonna it's gonna carry weight and and, and give you some momentum and, and announce your authority and your presence a little bit. Okay, so for this weekend, Zach, I want to get your thoughts on the Deerfield Beach kids. That's kind of your your beat. Uh, let's start off with Philip O'Brien, and then if you just want to list them off and, and do your uh, your mini Chris Knee impersonation for, for those kids, that'd be that'd be awesome.
0: Yeah,
4: so Philip O'Brien uh, is kind of an interesting story. He came in, and people kind of thought like Florida State was the leader for him just because he has ties to the program. Uh, he's related to Henry and Zach Crockett, both former FSU um, players, but he goes to Auburn on Saturday and commits to the Tigers. Um, that was a bit unexpected. Uh, I think even for people that were, uh, over at Auburn, but I think, um, him coming over to Florida state, Mike Norvell showed him a lot of love, just even coming out of the van, uh, heading into his, uh, visit inside the facilities. And that continued throughout the visit. Um, you know, I think he's a little bit confused right now. I think, you know, he, know, he. I think he said in the article that we wrote, um, he's like, I know Florida state is home. Uh, but, but he's still committed to Auburn. So it's going to be a, an interesting recruitment to, to follow. I think this is how a lot of South Florida recruitments go. Um, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens with him. I think Florida State, needs, like, again, just needs to get him on campus as much as possible, um, and then they have a good shot with him. But obviously they, they view him as a priority at the defensive back position. Um, you know, touching on some of the other Deerfield Beach kids, uh, there are three 2022 prospects that I really like. Defensive lineman Richard Thomas, running back Jazz Patterson, and uh, defensive tackle Alton's Harbor. So, I personally I spoke to Alton's Harbor. He really liked the visit. Obviously, these these guys have a long way to go in their recruitments, but um, I believe out of out of that whole group, which is about ten to fifteen um, kids from Deerfield that showed up at Florida State, I think those three were the main focuses for the staff um, in that next class. So, you know, Alton's Harbor really liked it. I think he wants to get back as soon as possible. Um, we haven't written anything on the other two yet, but we spoke to them and they had positive reviews of the visit. So I think uh, it was a good chance for you know them to see Florida State and for Florida State to lay their eyes on these guys in person for the first time. So um, it'll be interesting to see how their recruitments develop. Uh, personally, I like Jazz Patterson a lot. I think he's going to be um, the next great running back at Deerfield. Uh, he's already rated high by us in that 2022 class on our first update, so I think um, you know it's going to be interesting to see how his spring recruitment develops. Yeah,
1: his his offer list is pretty absurd as well. Florida State, Alabama, pretty much the who's who. It's like the it's like the ultimate uh, South Florida starter pack. Uh, actually, it's like the ender yep. pack. <laughs> it's it's pretty legit. Uh, who who got so we talked about Sawyer Robinson, the the 2021 four-star quarterback from Lubbock. Texas, uh, which, which one of you guys got?
3: Me and Zach were both there for it. Right.
1: I think uh,
3: Zach wrote it, if I remember correctly. I shot a little video. He he enjoyed it. He was very uh, kind of calm and down the middle about things. He's not in a rush, got a lot of schools in it, but he enjoyed himself. Uh, said the relationship was fairly new with FSU. He's been talking about Mike Norvell and Kenny Dillingham. He's a kid that uh, Brian Peroni, our Texas guy, works on the A M site, came in, chimed in. He had some shoulder work done, which kind of stymied his interest, which is why his offer list is probably not as extensive as we're likely gonna see it being at the end of spring.
1: Yeah, it's funny, like his, his ranking isn't reflective of the offer list and, and vice versa, for Altmeyer, yeah. his offer list is more impressive than his ranking right now.
3: Yeah. And, uh, you know, big kid came with his dad. They had a lot of fun. It was a pretty lengthy visit. They came in midday Friday, did a little bit of stuff in the evening then, and then pretty much all day Saturday. He, uh, yeah, he's interested in FSU. We'll see how Myers' commitment shifts that. If he's a kid that's willing to be a second quarterback in a class or if he's looking to be a big fish in a little pond.
1: Okay, two other names. Chris, I'll throw this to you, and we'll start wrapping up here. Uh, Chief Borders, the 2021. Uh, he's an athlete, probably a linebacker, plays wide receiver as well. Huge kid. Uh, he's from uh, from McEachern, just outside of Atlanta. And uh, Marquise Kilbrew was down Was with all the same the same group. Killebrew is at Grayson. Grayson. Yeah. He
3: came with Day Day Reynolds. They were together. Day Day Reynolds is a real good receiver in the 21 class. Um, Kilbrew is a kid that actually was here last February, came back. I asked him after the interview if it was different. He's like, yeah, said that essentially it was just much more direct. Um, Said, so, And some of that's probably age, too. He's a kid that's much more in the recruiting process now than he was last February. Mm-hmm. So schools are going to be more direct with him. So I don't think that's solely a transition of the staffs, but I thought it was interesting nonetheless. Chief Borders has personality and bucket
1: list. He reminded me we just talked to Carlos yeah, Williams, yeah, yeah, but, yeah but, I, but I was thinking yeah. about today is that there's very the bo- similar. The
3: vocabulary is off the charts. Yeah, he like he, he came he over an and immaculate <laughs> about the visit, <laughs> which I had to fit he, in You with. said it was
4: very tasteful. He said the yes. visit was oh. very tasteful.
1: He he came over and introduced himself. Like we're sitting inside, yeah. the came over, and introduced himself to us, which is just a nice touch and shows maturity and thoughtfulness for some.
3: Dude, rocking a sleeveless shirt and short, sh- like fairly short cut off shorts, and it's freezing. He and he's on a golf cart. and He comes in. I'm like, are you cold? He's like, no. I'm like cold does not affect the chief. Um, he, he's a cool kid. He wants to do – I believe he said he wants to be pre-med when he goes to school, so that's pretty important to him. He's a guy that seems to have things in order in his life. Football is important, but he's also using it as a you know door to a bigger life afterwards. He liked it. Um, he's a badass. He's odd kid that you put him beside Brandon Jennings, you're gonna kill some fools. Oh, you're
1: ready to you're put um, in a crystal ball? No, for no, no, no. I'm not quite there.
3: <laughs> Florida commitment, but I think FSU made big strides there. The key for him is keep getting him on campus going forward.
1: Do we have an idea of looking early on and just because we compare? Because it was only a few years ago, Willie's tenure, like the underclassmen he got on campus in the first few, I guess month before junior, before like before the springtime. Uh, this seems like well, no, yeah, this the, is a pretty comparable— The calendar's changed. That's true. With
3: Willie, February was a big recruiting month for juniors, so you could get through the signing day and then focus heavily on that, and they did a good job with that first junior day in his tenure. So it was very good. With Norvell and the new recruiting calendar of February being dead, God bless America, um, that meant a lot of kids came in in January. They probably had ballpark 50-plus mm-hmm. significant D1 prospects come in classmen 21, 22, 23 types in the last three weekends, especially with junior day last weekend, which was about 30. And then we had, you know, Deerfield Beach obviously jacked up the number a bit because they brought a couple dozen kids, but we probably had 20 to 25 kids this weekend that could play D one ball on campus again. So uh, it's good. It, you know, the key for FSU is they got to go win some games. The mm-hmm. kids that are the ones that are going to help you be really good down the road, a lot of them are talking about, I like FSU, I like what they're telling me, I like the staff, it's an excellent first feel. I want to see how they do on the field this season. That's usually kind of the thing we always come
1: back to. Okay, anything else on the recruiting trail, fellas, that you want to bring up or, or as we wrap up here? One other
3: thing I'll throw out from this weekend was a lot of preferred walk-ons were on campus. Yeah, and had about eight or so come mm-hmm. in. I think it just shows an effort to restock the roster. PWOs are... Very few are going to ever really make a major impact in game. Maybe special teams once in a Blue Moon, they do something offensively or defensively. You know, JV and Ellie, it's a good example of a guy who came through like that. But it, they're huge for practice. They make you a much better team during the week
1: for a weekend. And I know Norvell's met with a couple of the current walk-ons, like yeah. high-priority guys, and, and had multiple like one-on-one conversations with them. It's clear that those guys are important in his mind. He's treating them as... They are scholarship yeah, football there's players. There's a
3: concentrated effort to improve the stock of the football team top to bottom.
1: All right. That, that's a good point, Chris.
2: Anything else, Josh or Zach? Um, I just think this is a uh, this is the end of the recruiting cycle. And I think yes. a lot of the hay is already in the barn for Florida State. And I don't want people losing their shit these last three days if a guy <laughs> um like a TJ Davis or a DJ Lundy or somebody that they're in on late goes elsewhere. You gotta remember what is on the roster and just because they're the last to commit doesn't mean they're the most important to commit having guys like a Brian Robinson and a DeMory Tate and Steven Dix and Lawrence Toa I mean, these are the guys that are going to truly make an impact. These last couple spots, I know things have changed because everybody's used to signing day being this glorious day where, where a signing day class can be, can make or break, but that's just not the case anymore. And I think Florida state's got a solid class. It's got to get better. There's no doubt about it. But it's not going to significantly improve or sink due to what happens in two days. So that, that's my final message to FSU fans.
3: Yeah, the one other thing I would add is you don't just sign somebody to sign somebody. It would make more sense for FSU in some cases to walk away from certain recruitments. I don't know that there's any. I would definitively say they're in Sydney Williams. is probably closest to that conversation right. to walk away and then go get somebody in the transfer market after the spring who can help you next year. Than to just take a guy who you're not sure is going to help you if he's there for four or five years. And
1: and Norvell said that already, too. And what you want to see, but he seems like they've kind of focused and narrowed in on the guys who are kind of the fringe ones. That's what this weekend was more or less about, was figuring out who's to take still this Yeah, and they've
3: been smart about can he help us and is he attainable? Mm -hmm. Those have been two very common questions for them in recruiting
1: down the stretch. All right, last thing I want to talk about. uh, I got a new puppy, guys. Does everyone here know his name? Willie. <laughs> I met him this morning. He was not a huge fan of Chris, but we'll get him there. He liked me. He, yeah, but the, the, the the he reacted bark. much better than most people react to me the first time they <laughs> meet true. me. That's uh, true. It was not after Willie Taggart, though. Do you guys believe me? Nope. I got him. His name was Willie. N-O. oh All right. <laughs> for Knowles 24-7's On the Bench podcast, this is Brendan Sinone, Chris Nee, Josh Newberg, Zach Velostein, fellas, thanks for joining me. Everyone, thanks for listening. We'll talk to you. We'll, we'll have Charles Power on either Monday or Tuesday morning, all right?